Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. If you've been listening to our show for some years now, you will be familiar with Billy Chan. About seven years ago, we began a segment called Church for Dummies. Once a week, I was joined by our webmaster, Billy, who asked me questions about our faith that he got from his friends, his catechism students, his family. But they are good because they are basic questions that we all have. These are questions on the things that most Catholics do and have never really learned why we do them. A few years ago, Billy left Salt and Light Media, and he is no longer our webmaster, but he still joins me once a month for Church for Dummies. Needless to say, there are enough Church for Dummies segments for Billy to have his own program. For today, here are some of our best Church for Dummies with Billy Chen from our 2018-2019 season. We will talk about all souls, about holy water, crucifixes, saints, canonizations, and so much more. So hold on to your hats, sit back, and let's see how many of these you can answer. If you have a question or an answer for us, send them to me via your social media of choice, at Deacon Pedro. Okay, so here we go. We start with Praying for Souls. And now it's time for Church for Dummies with Billy Chan. Hello. Hello, Billy. You have Hello. a you have a difficult question today. It is a very difficult question. I, um, uh, you know, I didn't say. I think all the questions are difficult. That's what I find. Okay. Well, okay because yes, I'm dummy. Some okay? are yeah. <laughs> some are more difficult than others. <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, this coming no, but uh, this the, last week. This last yes. Week, uh, Thursday was All Saints Day. All Saints Day. And Friday was All Souls all Day. All Souls Day. And you know, when, when I think about souls, I yes. think about you know all. Oh, Oh, it's a spirit, or you know, where where is where are the souls? So, first question. Okay, okay wait, wait. Okay, okay. <laughs> wait. First question is, okay, there are souls in different different places: heaven, purgatory, yes. and and yes. Uh, hell. Yes. So, which souls we are referencing to? What uh, kind of souls? All Souls Day would be... You're right. That's a very good question. And I don't think you'll find anywhere, anywhere in the catechism that will say that we are only praying for... I mean, souls in in heaven don't need our prayers. So we're not praying for saints. There's a question too. But anyway, go go, keep going. So because because the question really is... See, you're not asking me which which souls we're praying for. Which souls are we praying for? Ah, Is that the question? That's the question. That's a different question. Yes. Okay, so we're praying for the souls in purgatory. Because they're they're the souls that need our prayers. Okay, but if, do you're, we if, have, no, if no, the, the soul is, is in hell, okay. the prayers are not going to do anything. If they're in heaven, they don't need our prayers. The only souls that need prayers are the souls in purgatory. Oh, okay. So some people ask me, how about uh, we have souls too? Right, but no. This so here is earlier, er, just so that our listeners know. Earlier, <laughs> earlier before we started recording, Billy was telling me about how he loves because we're going to be talking about the Bible, the, the Great Adventure Bible later on. Um, he has a Chinese English Bible, yes. and you like that Bible because you're able to read it in English, and Reference then you read them. it in Chinese, and sometimes you see it in Chinese and you go, "Oh, that's not at all yeah. what I understand what it says in English." Exactly. So in Spanish. Okay. All Souls Day is actually Day of the Dead. All, all, oh. all the day of all dead day. How do you say it? Dia de los difuntos. Mm, so I we're praying know. for we're praying for the dead. 
Oh, okay. We're not just, but I think maybe in English to say it's all the day of the dead, it's not it, as it's nice. Not, yeah. Um, so that's why we say All Souls Day. I see. So uh, they, because of that question, yes. we have a second question. Okay. The question is more like uh, harder, I find, which is, um, you know, the the, um, the souls in heaven, yes. which is the saints. Saints, yes. They can always pray for us. The, absolutely. Because we always ask them for prayer, right? Because they're very close to they're God. They're very close to God. They can intercede for us, yes. Yeah. But how about the souls in purgatory? Okay. So the first thing I'm going to say, <laughs> and this is a disclaimer, and, and I think some of our listeners might be surprised to hear this. Maybe they'll be upset with me, but it's the truth. There what? is no definitive teaching on purgatory. You're not answering my question. Okay, no, just I'm just <laughs> saying. Even though, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it up in the catechism. So okay. everything that we know about purgatory, okay, or everything that we believe about purgatory, we believe because it's common sense. Oh. There are certain things in scripture that, like in the book of Maccabees, that tell yes. us that it's okay to pray for the dead, or that Saint Paul even talks about how you can uh, account for, for that prayer that sins can be forgiven even after death. So that's where our belief uh, comes from that we can that that we can pray for people who have already died okay but nobody has ever been dead and come back to tell us what it's like so this idea of purgatory of purging um, comes from the understanding that you can only be in saint together with God if you're in a state of perfection most of us are not in a state of perfection even though we're not in a state of mortal sin to go to hell so we need to be perfected, purified, and that even comes from St. Peter, the letter to Peter about refining like fire and all that, right? Um, but that's interesting because of, uh, can we believe in purgatory then? Yeah, we can. We can. So in the catechism, okay, I'll tell you. Yeah. Just so that you know, and I put, put in, putting on my glasses yeah, be quick. so I can make sure I get it. Okay, and this is number 1031 and 1032 talk about purgatory. Uh-huh. Okay, so purgatory refers to a state of purification hmm. of the people that are on their way to heaven. Oh, okay. So if you're in purgatory, it means that you're on your way to heaven. Okay. Um, But it, and and it talks about the book of Maccabees and some other places in scripture where we get these things and and how this this doctrine of faith on purgatory, uh, it was meant, you know, brought up in certain councils, uh, like the Council of Trent. But it actually doesn't say anything. It sounds like a gas station then. You know, you don't have enough gas to go to heaven, so you need to... It sounds like a gas station. It's like the, the ante room and... or the back door, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, all those images are good images, but it actually doesn't say anything about, you know... So it's not details. No, the yeah. church, it says in 1032, the church commends almsgiving, indulgences, and works of penance undertaken on behalf of the dead. Um, and that's also taken from scripture, but it doesn't say that we have to or that... Uh, you know, like we believe, we. I, I think that it's fair to say that the church says that we believe that we can pray for the dead because they can use our prayers because they can't pray for themselves because they're already dead, so they're they're they've already been judged. Okay. But they can pray for us, and we can pray for them. Okay. That doesn't answer the question, but that's okay. Maybe <laughs> maybe our listeners will respond to us. Uh, uh, radio at saltandlighttv.org. Yeah, please write to us. B. Joe Chan, at B. Joe Chan, Twitter. And you can complain to Billy about these hard questions. <laughs> and uh, maybe maybe thank we you. can continue this next week. Yes, we should. All right. Thank you, Billy thank Chan. Thank you very much. Billy Chan, the webmaster here at Salt and Light TV, are also our resident expert dummy. You can follow him at B. Joe Chan. And now it's time for... Church for Dummies. With Billy Chan. Hello. 
everyone hello hello billy um you have an, a new a new question no i don't have a new question you don't have a new question i don't the reason is this okay Wait. let me finish okay before you <laughs> you say anything last week we were so rushed but every week we were so rushed right yeah. because we cannot really answer all the questions in five minutes no so now my question will be exactly the same as as last week last week okay but nobody wrote in to complain <laughs> no. about my answer no i complained to my own show okay because because i didn't learn anything no not anything you did but i did okay I, to be fair yes i did but the question was um uh, uh, about why, our souls yeah the, the souls right also stay last week and i would like to know how come the soul in the purgatory cannot pray for us okay i nobody knows <laughs> end of segment same answer no okay same no answer. hold on You're a second no i actually i'm glad that you asked the same question okay. because there were some last week i you know was thinking about how to say all souls day in spanish okay. which was a good answer but i neglected to say that even in english the official name of the feast is the commemoration of the faithful all the faithful departed yes so because you were asking which souls are we praying for you know it's because of that i actually reveal the chinese version how do you say it day. in chinese it's exactly the same like the faithful departed faithful departed so for people who die so people who have died. Yes. Okay? People who have died that are have not been canonized. Although um again to add, I w- I wanted to say that I mean we believe in a communion of saints. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about the communion of saints, it actually refers to everyone. See, St. Paul even talks about oh. all the all the baptized saints and in St. Paul says all the baptized. He calls us we're all saints. So so and I like that idea that we're all, so when we pray for all saints, we're actually praying for everybody. Now, obviously, we have two feast days, this, all, all saints for canonized people and all souls day for all the faithful departed who have not been canonized. So that's kind of the distinction, but so that we make sure that we're praying for everybody. That doesn't mean that we're not praying for each other because we're also souls. This is very interesting, though. I mean, you know, when you talk about, when St. Paul talk about praying to all saints, that means everyone who get baptized, that basically means... <laughs> we that basically means we all want to be the same, right? I mean, well, we yeah, all we're all baptized. Be... Yeah, and I thought you were going to ask me about praying for souls who haven't been baptized. We we pray for them too. <laughs> yeah, we pray for them too. Now, as to the, your second question, yes, specifically, what Why? what? So last week I said that there's no definitive, and this is where I thought people were going to write in. The, but nobody the, right nobody here. wrote in. Maybe they just you know, like they think I'm out to lunch. The definitive teaching. I mean, well, the church does teach that the concept of purgatory that is official teaching. Mm-hmm. What is not definitive is that we don't know what happens in purgatory. We have we have we can we can presume, but you know, is it is it. It, it, you know, it's it's not a place. We know we know it's that a it's a state of state. being. Mm-hmm. But what those souls can those souls communicate with God? Is God in purgatory? Can they talk to saints? Can they talk to each other? Can they pray for us? We don't know for sure. Okay, so but we can presume that mm-hmm. they can pray for us because they can pray for each other. They cannot pray for themselves because the best explanation I've I've heard is because once see you know about faith, hope, and love. Yeah. So here on, here on earth, mm-hmm. we, ha- those, we have those virtues. But after you die, you don't need faith or hope. You just need love. And yes. if you're, even if you're in purgatory, state of, 
uh, perfect love means that you're selfless. So you cannot do anything for yourself because a perfect love is only doing things for others. Yeah, I, so that's the, one of the best explanations I've heard. But, I mean, who knows? Yes, the follow-up question I can imagine all the audience right now listen, want to ask you is, yeah. so how can the saints pray to us that, pray for us then? Well, they do because they I mean, do in love. So they're praying oh. for they're not praying for themselves. Now the saints don't need to pray for themselves because they're already in yeah. heaven. Mm-hmm. And we don't so and we don't pray for the saints in heaven. We ask for their intercession so that they can pray for us. Mm. But the souls in purgatory need prayers, but the the idea, the argument is that they cannot pray for themselves. They can only pray for us. I think they can probably pray for each other and we can pray for them. Next week yeah. We can continue if you want to. <laughs> all right, Billy Chan, All Souls Day, Thank All you. Souls Week, All Souls Two Weeks with Billy Chan, our uh, expert here in Church for Dummies. He's also the webmaster at saltandlighttv.org. Follow him at B. Joe Chan. You're listening to a special Church for Dummies edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Coming up, Billy wants to know what the must-haves are for a building to be a church and about the power that holy water has. And now it's time for... Church for Dummies. With Billy Chan. Yes, I have a question. I know you have a question. (laughs) Yes, uh, I have a question. Um, You know, for church... There's a lot of name for church, like name. cathedral, basilica, oh church, goodness. and also chapel. Now, my question is not about, about the difference that. between this. Good, because I don't know the answer. The reason <laughs> I ask is because of, oh, there are a lot of different names. So there must be a minimum requirement for a church. So, for example, if you walk into a church, um, is there any like must-have furniture or must-have thing uh, in a church? Okay. Oh, in a Catholic uh, church, no. I, I, I just say Okay, that. so what I would first is say that the requirement is not for the church, but rather for the Mass. Yes, So that's correct. the difference. So there are requirements that are needed for the Mass. Correct. And because the main activity that takes place in a church is the yes, Mass, then, then you can say that there are requirements. So, But they're very little. They're very few. Okay. I mean, the Mass, you need an altar. So a table. It could be a table. Uh, a dining table. It could be a table. <laughs> okay. The table should have a cloth. Oh, yeah. So there should be, be an cloth. altar cloth. Oh, okay. 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 There should be two candles. Okay. Okay. And there should be a crucifix. Okay. Okay. So no matter how big is the crucifix, right? Uh, it doesn't have to be big. Can you sometimes you go and there's a little crucifix sitting on the altar? Yeah. And two little candles. An altar cloth, and then of course for the consecration, you need to have a little, a smaller cloth that's called a corporal. Okay. And that's where the consecration takes place over the corporal. And then of course you need the Eucharist. Uh, uh, the, the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. You need the host. Yeah. You need some plate or something to put the host in. That's yeah. usually called a paten. Paten. Where the pl- where the host goes. Okay. And then uh, you or a ciboria if it's like a cup. Yeah. Where yeah, the yeah. little hosts go. Okay. Ciboria. Um, but it doesn't have, I mean, it can be anything. Okay. And then you need a chalice or a container for the wine. Okay. Chalice for the wine, a patent for the host, once they're consecrated. Um, and, and you only need enough wine for the presider. You don't need wine for everybody. So oh. there's just enough wine for the presider, hosts for all the people that are participating, a corporal for the consecration, an altar cloth on top of the altar because you need an altar for the sacrifice. You do need two candles and you do need a crucifix. Do I need a building? 
Like um, uh, a, a room or no. a... Uh, maybe people are going to, this is a good opportunity for people to write in and tell me that I'm wrong. Uh, you don't need a building. Okay. Uh, I think the church will say that it's appropriate to have it in a building and the building should be sacred. It should be consecrated or blessed. Mm -hmm. So all the churches are blessed. The altar should be consecrated. But I grew up, we'd have mass on the beach beach all the time or in a field. I mean, World Youth Day, the Pope says mass on a stage. You know, in front of eight hundred thousand people. So, so those are extraordinary circumstances. But that means that it is possible. It's not required. The reason why I think the church would say that certain things should take place inside a church building, like a wedding, like a wedding, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's not because you can't have mass on the beach. Uh-huh. It's because people get confused with the way non-Catholics do things. So if oh, if we God. have Oh, mass on the beach like everybody else, then people don't really see that there's a difference between a Catholic marriage and what everybody else is doing. So that's why most dioceses will say that a wedding should take place inside a church. But it, canonically, like legally, a, a wedding, a mass can be anywhere. You can be anywhere. I have mass at home. I thought your answer would be saying something like, something is more important has to be covered. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, yeah. The, the thing that, that, but, that, but to go back to that, yeah. what, that comment that it's covered, it's sacred. Yeah, sacred, um, yes. So, but God is not limited to sanctifying things that are inside a building or inside a church. God can sanctify anything anywhere. So, but to go back to the original question, uh, there should be a place also for the presider, the priest to sit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And there should be a place from where the word is proclaimed. So the readings, a podium, and Mm. it's called an ambo. Ambo. But again... I've been at masses in my house. I've been at masses mm-hmm. in other people's homes or on the beach, and the word can be proclaimed anywhere. I mean, it's not wrong, uh, but it's not maybe the most. Uh, uh, it's not the the most. The church is not going to suggest that that's okay to do all the time. Thank you. All right. So yes. there we go. Write to us if you have other thoughts as to what I've said here to Billy, and maybe you can help us out. Radio at saltandlighttv.org or contact him at B Joe Chan. And now it's time for Church for Dummies with Billy Chan, who has a question about holy water. Holy water. Yes, yes. Um, you know, I do not. I, I think a lot of people have this kind of of question, or or at least thinking about once for their life about if yeah. holy if holy water is really powerful. Yeah. Okay. So before this, okay, yeah. let's you know to do it from the beginning. Yes. Like, how do you make? holy water well you don't yeah <laughs> you, you don't make holy water okay, but yeah so I, know what, water. I know what you're asking okay, yeah, yeah. yeah no you bless water the same thing the same way you bless uh anything else however i would say that there's a specific difference with the water in that once the water is blessed uh-huh. it can be used to bless other things oh, as okay, opposed to okay, if okay. i bless a crucifix yeah right so but let me back up because i think it's important to know so the word because you want ask you're essentially you're asking what happens when you bless something yes and yes. then we'll look at water yeah the word blessing do you know how to say blessing in in latin how's your latin billy i'm i'm really how do you bad. say blessing in chinese um i'm really bad you don't know how to say it in I chinese think it's called uh and how do you translate that to english blessed it to oh oh i wish it to be holy Okay, so you're you're making holy. Okay, Make, yeah. In yeah. Latin, it's bene benedicere. Okay, that actually means bene, good, good, dicere to say. So you're actually saying a good word 
oh. about something. So at a, at a very strict sense, to bless something is to say a good word. So we can bless God. We're saying, God, okay. you're amazing. We're saying a good word. God can bless us and gives us. So that's really the, the basis of, of a blessing. blessing. Mm-hmm. So when we bless an object, I suppose a blessing is a prayer that, that praises God for creating the object um, and and maybe uh, asks that the object be used for for good or for a greater for a greater good and for okay. God's glory uh, okay. in a way. When I bless items, um, you, I will say something like, you know, uh, that that any time that this object is used or or even looked upon, that people are reminded of how much God loves them. Okay. So I'm, I, okay. I would like the object to have to, to have a greater purpose in the life of that person. But there are many, many other ways so to, to say. So I should bless my cell phone. Can you, I do you that? Could, you could. Bl- y- yeah, you, you, you could. You, you should just not use your cell phone so much. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, you could. I mean, there's, no, there's nothing saying that we can't bless. I mean, you can people bless cars, you bless pets, okay. you bless objects, you bless homes. Yeah, I'm hoping that yeah, you're going to invite yeah. me to bless your new home. <laughs> Billy just moved, um, right? So how about water then? You know, you so the water is yeah. just like any other object. It's a sacramental. Anything that is blessed becomes a sacramental. Something that helps you pray, okay, um, or that reminds you oh, of God or okay. points to God, right? A rosary is a sacramental. Holy water is a sacramental. Statues, a statues are sacramentals. But as I said, the the difference between blo- water Blessed water is that then the water can be used to bless other things. And I, I heard sometimes you put salt. When yes. You bless the water. Yes, is it? you can. Now, if you look online, you will probably see definitions of holy water as water that has blessed holy salt in it. Holy mu- salt. So you need to bless the oh, salt. Oh, yeah, no, too. no. It's not just any salt. The salt has to be blessed. And in fact, and I went into the sacristy because I have the big, uh, our, our listeners can't see, of course, I have the <laughs> big. Uh, Roman Missal here with me, and if you flip back to the to the appendix, there's the blessing of salt. Okay, and it actually says that where where the circumstances of the place or the custom of the people suggest the mixing of salt be preserved in the blessing of water, then the priest may bless salt. And there's this beautiful short prayer to bless the salt. And then if we, I, we I've only seen it done where where the priest will bless the salt, and then flips back. And he he does the prayer of blessing over the water, and instead of doing the sign of the cross yeah. with his hand, he actually pours the salt into the oh. water because that's he's a, putting the salt sign. exactly. He's putting the salt in the water to bless. And I've seen that done during the Easter season, but it doesn't have to be done during the Easter season. So is is it um, a mandatory to have salt or? No? I don't think so. Okay, I don't think so because this again, this is saying where it's the custom. Okay. That mixing salt. But that might be a traditional thing that, you know, I mean, the, the blessing of salt goes back to a story of the prophet Elisha. So you should look it up okay. in, in Kings, I think it is, uh, where he cast salt in the water and the water was contaminated or something and the water was purified. So, and we know that salt is a preservative. So salt. So, yeah, so it so can kill bacteria. It, it can, can kill bacteria. Uh, yeah. And I would say that even salt, I would say that even <laughs> salt... 
has even because you talked about power and yeah. I shouldn't use that language. Yeah. But the the holy salt, blessed salt, is even more powerful than holy water. Yes, that's my will be my next but, question. But, that will be my next question. Yeah. Like, you know, you is it because we watch a lot of the exorcist, movie, exorcist <laughs> and they always use uh, the holy water to actually kick out yes. the devil, right? Yeah. So yes. So is it is it that powerful? It's just like you know when I'm you're, saying if you're dealing with devils, you definitely need the salt. Okay. <laughs> Don't just go with water. You okay. need the salt. Yeah, salt. Yeah. So is it the, about the power or is it just a symbolism meaning? I think that there is something. I mean, I don't know. We can we can de- do church <laughs> for dummies about exorcism. That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. more that's, complicated. That's, yeah. If you look at the, the book of exorcisms, the actual ritual of exorcism, uh-huh. it will have the blessing of the salt and the blessing of the water and all these things because sacramentals or holy objects are used to... Uh, to repel, to to expel evil. Um, mm. St. Teresa of Avila, uh, I think she might have been the first one to said that that the demons hated holy water and we needed to use holy water oh, to expel okay. the So that might be Teresa of Avila, um, uh, but I'm not sure. I'm okay. not sure. I do know that we've been blessing things so that, since the Old Testament. So that basically means, because a lot of people thinking blessing the house... Uh, means yeah. you want to kick out of the bad spirit or, or evil spirit inside the house. I think so. Is it yeah. true or not? Uh, I, <laughs> I would say yes, yes and no. It's very okay. there's a very fine line between being superstitious about this because yeah. it's not magic. You okay. know, okay. when we bless things, so there's two kinds of blessings. You have uh, what's called invocative blessings. So this is g- asking God to. Uh, to show favor on something without changing it. So like if I bless you, Billy, or I bless my son, uh-huh. um, I'm not asking God to change my son. I'm just saying, you know, uh, God bless bless this person. This person is good, and, and right? As opposed to a constitutive, constitutive blessing that is actually asking for something to be changed. So when water is changed, uh, blessed, when a new building, a church is blessed, yeah. um, we talk about... Uh, blessing or consecrating an altar uh-huh. it's more than just a blessing we're asking something we do believe that we're asking for something to change um, I don't know how that would work with a house but I do know that with houses and again this is a difficult uh, topic but with houses that are because uh, uh, you can have a house that's possessed by evil spirits yeah. Um, yeah. and you can pour salt I mean people use salt bless holy salt to keep evil out of I think that there's truth to that. Okay. Um, but it's but complicated. And I'm not an expert, so I don't want to get too much into that. Um, it's uh, very fascinating. But it is fascinating. <laughs> Maybe we have some an exorcist <laughs> listening to the program or someone that, that has experience. Um, uh, you can write to us or, or, or yeah, call us and we'll call you and you can be a guest on the program. <laughs> I actually did interview, uh, did a, a, several years ago, did uh-huh. a, an interview in this program with uh, not an exorcist, but the person, you know the movie The Right? Yes, I so love the, that the, movie. It's based on a book. The author of that book, of course, I can't think of his name right now. Um, he was a guest on this program wow, and spoke okay. about about exorcisms. In, in, we should in go evil. through all the programs now. To we go should go to through all the website. programs. Yeah, maybe I'll put a link in there so people want to listen to that yeah. about exorcisms. So, but but in short, holy water is a sacramental. It reminds us that God uh, loves us and maybe reminds us that we need to be better. Okay, and uh, we can use it to bless 
other things. Good. I will have more questions about blessing things next week. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, reminder to uh, anyone: if you miss any part of this conversation uh, about blessings, you can listen to all of it. You can listen to the whole show at saltandlighttv.org/radio. This was Church for Dummies with Billy Chan, our webmaster here at Salt and Light Media, and you can follow him at B Joe Chan. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is a special Salt and Light Hour featuring some of our favorite Church for Dummies segments with Billy Chan from our 2018-2019 season. Coming up, Billy has questions about crucifixes, canonizations, and why we don't call people in the Old Testament saints. And now it's time for... Church for Dummies! With Billy Chan. Yes! Yes. Who has a question about crucifix? Crucifix, yes. Cross? Yeah, the cross, yes. Um, There's a lot of different cross. I mean, you know, when you go to shop. um, (laughs) When you go shopping for crosses? Yeah, 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 okay. A lot of different different, uh, kind of cross. Yes, different traditions. Some has Jesus on it, so... Uh, so it's a crucifix. It's a crucifix. Yes. Some doesn't. Some don't. And uh, I know some body, you know, argue that, you know, why you guys still put Jesus on the cross? Because he's already risen. Yeah. And somebody say that, you know, oh, I do not like this face of Jesus. I don't like that face of Jesus. And if you cannot even confirm what, how Jesus looked like, yeah. you know, you, are you worshiping an idol? Yeah. So I would okay, like so, to yeah. know, mm. um, are there any rules? For Catholic, are there any official image for Jesus? No. Okay, so you're asking a lot of questions there. Yes. The first answer is that Jesus w- Jesus was Chinese. <laughs> no, 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 no. Of course, we don't know what Jesus looked like, and that's yeah. not the point. So any any depiction uh, de- uh, of Jesus, we have one in the studio here right now, actually. There's, Very you know, that traditional-looking Jesus with, with long hair. We don't even know if he had long hair. I mean, we don't know. Yeah. That's not the point. Oh, okay. Right? You know, you look at an icon, and icons are very stylized, big eyes. You yeah. Know, it's, that, it's not supposed to look like the person. It's supposed to be uh, uh, an ara. It, to point to the to the person, yeah, right. The image points to the person, so to, so it's not the person. It's not a photograph. So I, so of course there are no rules about that, and it, and that's not the point. Um, and I'd say the same thing applies to to any image of Jesus in a crucifix. Um, I don't think there are any rules about whether you have a crucifix or a cross. Mm. They're both okay. They're both they're both uh, oh. acceptable, except during mass. During mass, you do have to have a crucifix. That is with a corpus, with the body on the cross, not just the cross. In order to celebrate Mass, this, remember a few weeks ago we were yes. talking about what you need for Mass? A crucifix is yes. is actually one of the things you need. So, what if the um, size is fine, right? You know, Whatever size is okay. fine, a lot of times you can just have a small crucifix lying on the altar. That's oh, correct. Okay. Most most churches will have a, a, a crucifix Hanging, standing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Standing oh, beside, on yeah. the altar, yeah, yeah. or you w- you walk in with a processional cross, yes. which is a crucifix, and I that also can stand next to the altar. But a lot of churches will have a crucifix hanging, hanging behind yeah. the altar in the back. My church doesn't. My church, we have an image of the resurrected Christ. Yeah. So that goes back to your other question. So why do we have the crucified Christ on the cross if he's already risen? Because it's a good question, but... Um, in order to get to the resurrection, you need to go through the cross. And we tend to, it, it is tempting to not want to go through the cross, uh, to the yeah, suffering, yeah. through the, the redemption, the sacrifice, and go straight. 
I would say that e- so much so that even if you think of Good Friday, on Good Friday, we are almost invited to enter into that mystery of Good Friday as if we did not know what's going to happen. Uh, if you okay. think of the the Good Friday liturgy, because you cover up everything, right? Yeah. Everything gets covered up, yeah. And even though we know what's going to happen, if you look at all the prayers and all the readings and everything we do on Good Friday, it's almost like for that moment we're being asked to to go deep down into that place that Jesus went down, mm-hmm. that God went into, the same way that the apostles did, not knowing what was going to happen. And there's there's a mystery there. There's something valuable. Uh, in going through that experience um, which then I think makes the resurrection make more sense it's 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 not easy to understand but I think that if we kind of do, we're, we're called to dwell to live to to be in that moment where Christ sacrifices yeah. himself and how about the face of Jesus is it important I don't think it matters. No. I don't think it matters. I love um, uh, for if anybody has ever been to our chapel here mm-hmm. at the broadcast center of Salt and Light TV, we have a corpus that was designed to sit in front of the World Youth Day Cross in 2002 because the World Youth in Day Toronto. Cross, yes, mm-hmm. the World Youth Day Cross is just a cross. Yeah, we were using that cross during the Mass with the Holy mm-hmm. Father, so we just instead of having to bring a cross and a crucifix, yeah, we just build a corpus, a body to sit in front of the World Youth Day Cross. Oh, and okay. if you look at the face of that Christ. First of all, he has no hair. Yeah. And you can't tell if he's Asian or African yeah. or Caucasian or it's Hispanic. <laughs> you can't gold. even tell if it's a man or a woman. I mean, it's yeah. very much a universal face. Mm-hmm. So that's an art- artist's depiction of the mm. Christ. But I don't think it really matters what, so what the no face looks like. there's no rules, nothing? No, I don't, th- I don't think so. Now, some of our listeners might might uh, know better and they can... Uh, they can write to us, uh, radio at saltandlighttv.org. You can contact Billy yes. at B. Joe Chan or me at Deacon Pedro GM and let us know what you know about uh, crosses and crucifixes. But to my knowledge, Billy, there's there's no rules. Thank you. You're very welcome. Good questions, Billy. Billy Chan is our webmaster here at saltandlighttv.org. You can follow him at B. Joe Chan. Now it's time for Church for Dummies with Billy Chan, Saint Billy Chan. I'm not a saint yet. That's why you're asking about canonizations, right? Because yes, you want to know how to be canonized. <laughs> Definitely. I want to know, uh, uh, when, you know um, there almost every year has canonization. Almost. Yeah. Is it? Can I say this? Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And this year we have seven. Yes. That's the yes, people on who is going to be a saint. Yes. But when I say this sentence, can you... You know, can can I re, can you reword my my sentence? There will be seven. There will be seven, seven people, people who are going to be recognized. Okay. As saints. But they are are they saints now? Yeah, we're just recognizing them. Oh, because we you know when when we when we do the websites, you know I I'm the that's web right. Developer. Billy does the okay. We're doing I the see. website, and you know I do not want to change the. That much because they are, we have a lot of work to do, right? So I'm okay. So, I'm, so I'm, you did a website <laughs> with with Romero when he was beatified. Yes. And now you're doing and a website for Romero when he was canonized. canonized. So you just I, have to change one word. I want to change one word, but yes. you know, there, there is not only one saint. There will be seven. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah, Paul the Six, Romero, Blessed Nazario. The yeah. Yes. Okay, but that's why you know I I just want to be more lazy, you know. To, to, to just change one word, uh, not changing one word. I, can I say them saint right now? No, you, you okay. So um, I, I would say that informally, 
we can call them saints. Okay. Uh, Romero, they called him a saint 40 years ago. In El Salvador, everybody talks about San Romero. They've oh. already, in quotes, canon, the people already canonized him. So people recognize him already? Because they already recognize Mother Teresa before she died. Oh. People already called her a saint, right? So informally. So that's different than the official formal title that the church would give someone. Wow, okay. Okay? Okay. So... So, and that title means two things. The title means very basically that we are recognizing that we know for sure that that person is in heaven. Uh-huh. Okay, that, that person didn't enter heaven yesterday, and so we're canonizing them today. That person probably has been in heaven from After the moment they died, died mm-hmm. right? So, it, so they've been saints because they've been in heaven. But it's that now... After we've done all the research and there's been the miracles and all that, now we can say with certainty, with a guarantee. So we confirmed. So we've confirmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a confirmation, <laughs> right? That they they can be called saints. They've joined the canon, okay. the list of saints, which is why we canonize them. Yeah. So that means that we're recognizing that they are saints. But the saint also means something else, because I would uh, my grandmother, I'm sure, is in heaven. Okay. And I can call her a saint, uh-huh. but the church doesn't officially call her a saint because the church has not deemed that she is an example, a model of saintly living for the rest of the church. I see. So we canonize people to recognize that they are in heaven, but we also canonize them to hold them up as models of saintly, of holiness examples. So that's what's happening on Sunday with the seven saints. I see. So how about those miracles then? Okay, so the miracles are yeah. part of that confirmation process. So who performs the miracle? Uh, God? God, oh. exactly. <laughs> so if God performs the miracle, but the miracle is done through the intercession of a particular saint, mm-hmm. then you know that the saint has a connection with God. Ah, because he's able to ah, intercede okay, and God okay. can perform the miracle. So that is a confirmation. So he's just like walkie-talkie. Roger is it's, God. It's a, yeah, exactly. Um, you see a saint exactly. and God will give you a miracle. Yeah. And, oh, which, is why, which is why they say if you really want a miracle, <laughs> you should pray to a saint that hasn't been canonized yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. You are very right. Exactly, yeah. right? So, so that's, why, that's why we need, quote unquote, we need a miracle because the miracle shows proof that that person is in heaven. Okay, let's talk about something about more practical. Now you know the the canonization mass will be three hours. Something uh, probably, like this. yeah. Well, the seven saints. What do we expect? Because you know he's a. You know what? It's a mass. mass. Really, it's a mass uh-huh. with a, a canonization rite, I guess, in the middle, and that that is just an opportunity to talk a little bit about who these people were, so they might read their bios. I see. Um, th- there's a procession with the relics. Usually, they'll bring a relic. Um, I think that's really it. And at mm. some point, the Pope will actually make the proclamation that so-and-so has been you know, proclaimed a saint in the Catholic Church. That's it. The rest I is see. a normal Mass. So let me do an advertisement here then. Yes. There will be a really nice, no, not will be, but there is a very nice website already on SouthernLightTV.org. <laughs> and you can go there and check it out. There are, there, there are seven saints uh, biography yes. already there. And also Father Matt has done uh, okay, so seven refractions. Yeah, so we, we have, have seven, you, the bios of the saints, the reflections on the saints, who are these people? Everybody knows Romero and Paul VI, but nobody knows the other five. Yeah. So find out who they are, and you can also tune in and watch that canonization live. I'm going to be hosting it wow. at four in the morning Eastern. <laughs> 
here from Salt and Light Television. Thank you, you Deacon. can watch that on our website, saltandlighttv.org, and also uh, Facebook Live. So I hope you guys can join in. Enjoy. Thank you, Billy. Thank you. Billy Chan is a seasoned radio host and the webmaster here at Salt and Light. That's why he's promoting his beautiful work on the website. You can follow him at B. Joe Chan. And now it's time for Church for Dummies with Billy Chan. Finally. Finally. Yes, Church, Church for, for Dummies. Dummies. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know you missed this segment. Yeah, yeah. I miss a lot. I think everyone miss it, right? Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> yes. Please uh, tell uh, Billy at B. Joe Chan that okay. you, uh, okay. you so have a question. I have a lot of questions during the holidays, but oh, yes. uh, now I have you know, one specific question yep. to you is about the saint. We mm. always have questions about saint. I don't know why, but... You know what? What can we talk more, right? But saint, uh, when we look at like the Old Testament, there are a lot of people. Yes. A lot of people, and we don't call them saint. No. Like for example, Noah. No. We 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 never called. Yeah, that's saint a very good Noah. question. That's a very good question. Yeah, and and um, I just realized that even Mary, we yeah we call Saint Mary, but the thing is, when in the church, you know, yeah. in the mass, we call her. Blessed Virgin Mary. Yes, and we never call her saint. Yeah, you're right. So, okay. So, so, so what is things. the logic behind? No, well, yeah, I, I don't <laughs> know if there's logic. Uh, so, so two things. Okay. Um, the the term saint uh-huh. and the word blessed they mean the same thing. Oh. So originally, when we would have been calling these people quote unquote saints, yeah, we were probably just saying that they were holy. So holy. Paul and Holy Peter and Holy Mary. Okay. Um, oh, okay. And then, and that word in Latin is yeah. sancto, which is saint. So eventually, that word holy or blessed yeah. became a title. I see. And so, so that's why I, I think that we might say Blessed Mary, Saint Mary, Holy it's, Mary. It's, a, it's the same. It's a, it's the same. It's the same thing. So basically, but, you're but it's about okay this to a cultural thing when we. Talk about like language. We you said all it, three it words. It is a language thing. So if you, but if you look at the Latin, uh-huh. whether it's blessed or holy or saint, it's the same word. Okay, it's the same oh, word. Okay, okay. But you're right. In English, saint is the title. Okay. And, and nowadays, as of maybe the third century, I think I'm not sure. We we you use saint as a title because that's when the church started canonizing people. So holy so, Noah. So okay. So <laughs> then the question, yeah. And if you look at the Orthodox Church. Uh-huh. And maybe even other Eastern churches, mm-hmm. they do would refer to Holy Noah or Holy Elijah or Holy oh, David. Okay. And in fact, a lot of those uh, churches um, do include even feast days for like there's a feast day for for King David, feast day for I think Abraham and Moses, maybe Elijah. Sense. And now, if you if you look at, I mean, what does it mean to be a saint? Is that you're in heaven? Yeah. So we do believe that. I mean, we we believe that Elijah was taken off to heaven. He didn't yeah, even die, yeah. right? So because we know of the transfiguration, we, right? A, and and mm-hmm. with with Jesus at the transfiguration, yeah. Moses and Elijah were there. So that's a pretty good proof uh-huh. that they are in heaven. Mm-hmm. But I think that the logic, to, yeah. to, to, to use your <laughs> word, is that we use the word saint for those people who are Christian. So Christ followers. So, so the, exactly, Christ followers, even though you could also argue that Moses and Abraham uh-huh. and, uh, are, are following Christ, but but not chronologically. So that's that's where w- what the logic is. But that doesn't mean that we don't think that Abraham, Elijah, Isaiah, Moses, Noah, David are not in heaven 
and that you cannot pray to them. And in fact, I told you earlier <laughs> that I was going to give you a gift, and I have a gift for you. I'm really? opening the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Okay. Number 61. Okay. <laughs> okay, listen to I this. I wish I could memorize everything. Number 61, <laughs> Catechism of the Catholic Church. The patriarchs, prophets, and certain other Old Testament figures have been and always will be honored as saints uh-huh. in all the church's liturgical traditions. So there you go. That's from the catechism. Wow. So it's actually there. So we do. I should read it first. I know you should. <laughs> so we do recognize um, them as saints. We just don't call them saints. But that's because of, like I said, you know, the church didn't start recognizing people as saints, canonizing them until the second or third century. So. And it started because we referred to them as, you know, because they were followers yeah. of Christ. Or mm-hmm. if you, um, in the same way that you might have a saint that is recognized as a saint in the Protestant Church uh-huh. or in the Orthodox Church, but not in the Catholic Church, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that we might not think that they're yeah. that they're Catholic. Sorry, that, that they're <laughs> saints. But if they were not Catholic, like if someone is not Catholic, the Catholic Church cannot canonize them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because, because we, we cannot measure we them can, with our own. We rules, can only right? canonize people who are yeah. Catholic. Okay, now we 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 done with the human. Yes. But how about the angels? So Saint Gabriel. Oh yes. Saint Michael. That's probably in the Catechism you too, do. actually. <laughs> um, I, I didn't look that up. Um, no, that's a very good that's a very good point, and I think mm-hmm. that my first answer answers that one. So we do uh, call uh, mm-hmm. so a- Michael, uh, uh, Gabriel, and Raphael are archangels. Mm-hmm. We call them Saint Michael, Saint Gabriel, Saint Raphael, but they're not really saints. Because mm. they were not human beings who They're died. Angel. They're angels. They were created as angels. We that we use the title saint in the same way that we use the word holy. So okay. it's holy because they are holy. They are blessed. Um, but they're not saints in the same way that when Billy dies, he is going to be canonized as saint. Oh. Saint Billy. It's not Hopefully. the same thing. Hopefully. That's my goal. That's your goal. That should be everybody's <laughs> goal. To be a saint. Good. Like... St. David and St. Moses <laughs> and St. Uh, Elijah. Yeah, yeah good. Yeah, that yeah. answers your question? Yeah, yeah. Perfectly. Thank you very much. Okay, well, there you go. So, uh, look, read the catechism more often. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Thank you, uh, Billy Chan, with a good question about saints. If you have any questions, remember you can write to him at B. Joe Chan. You can also write to me at Deacon Pedro GM. Billy Chan, he's a former radio host and he's our web guru here at Salt and Light Media. Again, you can follow him at B. Joe Chan. You're listening to a special Church for Dummies edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Listen to all our programs at slmedia.org slash podcast. We end the program with questions about head coverings at Mass and why Jesus had to die. And now it's time for... Church for Dummies. With Billy Chan. Hello. Billy, you have a question. I have a question. has been bugged me a long time. Really? Yes. Okay. This when I see things like, you know, in a church, you know, in a church, I'm normally not paying a lot of attention. You're not paying attention to Mass? <laughs> but you're the one who told us how to pay attention to yes. Mass. <laughs> yes. But anyway, you know, I, I need to confess here. But anyway... Okay. Um, my question is this. You know, I saw recently some... People, uh-huh. um, not recently, but you know, has has been a really long time. Yeah. People who attend mass, who oh. especially women, women, I think it's only women uh-huh. doing that, and doing uh, they have a little cloth or veil, uh, uh, veil, putting on the top of their oh, head, of their head, yeah, and they keep 
putting it there. Sometimes it's black, sometimes it's white. Yes. And uh, yeah, w- why do they yeah, do so this? So this veil, it's actually called a mantilla. The mantilla? Look, yeah, the ones that are made of lace. Is it English? Is this something that you see more commonly in Chinese Catholics or anywhere? No, anywhere. Because I think it's also cultural. Now, it used to be, it used to be before Vatican II, uh-huh. or before, I don't know, there's a new code of canon law, okay. that, that women were obliged to cover their heads oh, really? when they went to Mass. That has been changed. So it you're still you're still welcome to free to cover your head if you want to but you don't have to most women don't and I think it has to do it goes back to Jewish times like Orthodox wow. Jewish women cover their heads as a sign of modesty and it's a sign of respect um, I think Saint Paul talks to the Corinthians about women have to cover their head and it's funny because then for the same reason men do not cover their heads and it yeah. has to do with with how we respect God, and it's a little complicated. But I think, I think in short, it has to do with, like, it's a symbol of respect. And I actually um, found a beautiful uh, uh, reflection once that, that had to do with, and I don't know the reason, uh-huh. but it said that we cover things that are sacred. Oh, wow, that's beautiful. So it is beautiful. So wow. in that sense, clearly my long hair is not sacred, but my wife's long hair is. <laughs> um, but see, think of this, Billy, when you go to the church, have you yeah. ever seen a church that has a tabernacle? It actually has a cloth yes. over the tabernacle. So the yes. tabernacle is veiled. Oh. Sometimes when they bring the chalice yes. to the altar, it's veiled. It has a cloth over it. In fact, you could even argue that the altar cloth, the altar is veiled. So we cover things that are sacred. So in that sense... And when we see the adoration too, right? And Exactly, exactly. So yeah, and sometimes even the monstrance is a veil. So so the veil is not a sign of subserviency to to men (laughs) or it's not misogynistic or whatever. So it's a sign of respect. It's a sign of modesty. Um, it, but it's it's you know, you, but it's covering something that's that's sacred. It's a sign of reverence and surrender to God's will. But it's not mandatory. It's allowed, but it's not mandatory. Is it any cough? Will do. I think so. I think so. So the color doesn't matter, so. right? Fact, White, it, it, black. You, no. And in fact, you might notice that some women. In fact, this Sunday, last uh-huh. Sunday, there was a woman in my parish, and she was just wearing a hat. Oh. For men. It's a sign of respect you to remove to. your mm-hmm. hat. Mm-hmm. So if a man, uh, uh, back in the day, remember, you, you'd, you'd meet a woman, you'd take your hat off as a sign of respect. Women don't have to take their hats off as a sign of respect. If you go into a public building, you take your hat off. Women don't have to take their hats off. So, some, so a woman can actually can wear a hat, but I don't know if that's so much a religious thing as a cultural norm. This is also like very interesting when we go to church, what should we wear? Then I mean, you know, this yes, is yes. You should wear. You should yeah, wear a popular idea, something right? Something that, yeah. If you were going to meet the queen, what would you wear? Ah. That ugly shirt. What do you mean? Or, <laughs> Billy's wearing a very nice shirt. Would you wear an ugly? You know, would you wear a tank top and flip flops, or would you dress up? So if you're going to dress up to meet the queen, why wouldn't you dress up to go to mass? So basically, you are now, you know, going to 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 mass is actually you are meeting a king. You know, can you I say are, that? You, you meet, are. Meet, you, you meet Jesus. Well, yeah, you should, and you should dress up. Dress up like, well, not dress up, but you should be... be so you should be um, very respectful, right? Yes, you should dress up in, 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 in a, as a sign of respect. Um, and sorry, I just mentioned the queen. In England, it's very common. You look at all the royal yeah. weddings and stuff. All the women, they dress yeah. up. They're wearing a hat, Yeah. right? It's always a hat. So the, for some reason, for women, the hat is a sign of respect. For men, it isn't. 
So it's a, it's it's mandatory. <laughs> it's it's allowed, but it's not mandatory. Okay. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you, Billy Chan. There you go. You you should not cover your head when you go to mass, I but won't. your wife can. Billy Chan is a seasoned radio host, and he's the webmaster behind SaltandLightTV.org. You can follow him at Bjo Chan. And now it's time for Church for Dummies with Billy Chan. Billy has a very difficult question about Lent. He is a very difficult, but it's a very simple question uh, because it's simple uh, and it's very essential for our faith. Okay, why Jesus die? <laughs> why? Why, why did Jesus, Jesus die? die? And 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 no, no, no. My my full question should be, why did Jesus die? And we explain this as. He saved us. Oh, okay. 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 Well, okay. Let me let me try this. So, why did so the consequence of sin? Okay, is death. Oh, okay. okay. Not okay. not okay. mortal death, but yeah. eternal death. Okay. Okay. So, and that is a consequence that God, in His perfect, in His perfect justice, cannot change. Okay. Okay. So justice has to be served. Sin has to be atoned by death. So somebody has to pay for that sin. Okay, so basically if I sin, I need to die anyway. Yes, but But (laughs) God, because he's not just perfectly just, but he's also perfectly merciful, Mm. he takes our place. Okay. So somebody has to die because an offense has been committed. God says, in order for you, Billy, to not die, I'm going to die in your place so that justice is served and mercy is served at the same time. It's the story of the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. For people that have watched the Chronicles of Narnia, read that book, that it's a perfect explanation of how the lion Aslan takes Edmund's place but, and he dies. But then he's able to die. And in dying, he destroys death so that you and me don't have to die ever. So in order to destroy death, Christ has to die, but this and to save us but this death. process not being like you know destroyed death, this kind of process uh-huh. would that apply to people who bef- who is who are before everything, Jesus Christ? Yes, everything. So there's no the, time. Jesus' sacrifice boundary. on the cross uh, redeems anyone that has ever existed and anyone that it will ever exist. So it's not bounded by time. Not That's what you're talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Which uh, is why, to go to your question last week, all the people in the Old Testament yeah, have yeah. been redeemed, and we exactly. can say that they are saints there in heaven. Yeah, you know, the, the answer you gave is, is good. But, Thank you. But, okay, when I say <laughs> but, that means it's not, okay? okay. But yeah. um, it, it brings a lot more questions. Yeah, like, for example, uh, uh, Jesus died is because of a lot of different incidents. For example, the uh, betrayal of Judas, yeah, yes, uh, yes. the gossiping of people, yes. and uh, a lot, yeah, a lot of different not things. not taking a responsibility. Yes, yeah. a lot, yes. But Jesus, or God, took this kind of incident as the main cause or main incident for to redeem our sin. Yeah, yeah. This is really I mean it's you can say it's a mystery. I really I do yeah. not, I really do not like this word because when you say something is mystery that means you have nothing to explain. No, <laughs> no, I'd say that it's a mystery in that it can be explained in part. Okay. It cannot be fully understood. Although I mean circum God works everything in our lives through circumstances. Uh-huh. Right? So but I think the the outcome is that Jesus had to die 
So whether he got hit by a truck or died okay. of cancer, he would have had to die. Now, I think that the way he died, oh, okay. at the time he died, okay. you know, with the Jewish, the, the people of Israel and the Romans and crucifixion, like all that is symbolic so as well, right? Okay, okay. The fact okay. that one man has to die to save a whole people and that he was betrayed, like all those things have s- symbolic, theological symbolism. Uh-huh. So I don't think it's random that that's how it happened. Okay, but okay. I, but God works everything through circumstances and it's probably not anything is random nothing is random Mm. does that you have more questions so we (laughs) have to come back next week right it's not an easy question but it's a no it's not it's essential question for catholic and and for our faith and it's a good question as we enter this season of lent so uh, maybe we can continue having this conversation and again if people have uh comments as to you know why did jesus have to die why did he have to die in that in that uh in that way you should write to us uh, Billy Chan, seasoned radio host and the webmaster at Salt and Light TV. You can follow him and ask him all the questions you want <laughs> at B. Joe Chan. That brings us to the end of this special edition of the Salt and Light Hour featuring some of our favorite Church for Dummies segments with Billy Chan. All these segments first aired in our 2018-2019 season. To comment on what you heard or to ask any other questions or to give us better answers, please write to us. You can find me on your social media of choice, at Deacon Pedro, and you can reach Billy at B. Joe Chan. You can also email me, pedro at slmedia.org. To listen to more of these segments and to all our programs, visit our website, slmedia.org. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been a very special edition of the Salt and Light Hour.